fun, faith, and family. Every morning I listen to you guys. Everything you play is absolutely amazing. The radio station I listen to every morning. Mornings with Mike Tom and Colleen Hood on CHVN. Well, a special guest joining us this morning, a name you're all going to know. We thought we'd invite her on, get to know her a little bit, and answer some of the questions that a lot of you have been asking us. Dr. Joss Reimer is with us. She's the medical lead for Manitoba's Vaccination Task Force. We'll get to the really important questions in a little bit, Dr. Reimer, but let's start with this, though. With a, a last name like Reimer... We need to play the Mennonite game really quick, Dr. Reimer. Uh, I married a penner from Winnipeg. She has relatives in Winkler. I know you're from southern Manitoba. Where did you grow up, and are you related to any penners? Well, I did grow up in Winkler. Uh, I don't know that I'm related to any penners, but certainly there's a a number of Reimers in the province that uh, I'm related to, and and I married into a Weeb clan as well. Oh, nice. So certainly (laughs) lots of relationships through that side as well. Okay, if we had more time, I'm sure we would find the connection pretty quickly then. So... (laughs) I have no doubt. I've played the Mennonite game many times in my life, and I, I'm sure that I would be connected to a lot of people. So, grew up in Winkler. What was uh, your favorite part about growing up in southern Manitoba? Growing up in a, a I know they say uh, the city of Winkler, but certainly when I was growing up, it felt a lot like a small town is just a wonderful way to grow up. The freedom that you have as a child in, in a smaller place is really not uh, comparable to the city. So, you know, when I was growing up, right across the street was just open wheat fields. And so to be able to have the ability to just, you know, run around and play with your friends where you know you're safe and um, have that opportunity to experience uh, the blend of nature and a town at the same time was wonderful. And then the small community where people know each other, right. they support each other is just second to none. Yeah, yeah, there's nothing like it, right? I grew up in a small farming community too. Uh, When you were a kid growing up in southern Manitoba, like what were your dreams? Did you always want to be a doctor or did you have other dreams as a kid? I didn't want to be a doctor. My dad's a doctor in Winkler still. And, uh, you know, I saw how busy he was and uh, how much (laughs) he he missed things and just thought that that wasn't a a good role for me. And and here we are. Just but, a little busy now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little busier than I planned to be. Um, but I also, you know, got to see a lot of the great stuff about his job and, and the way you, you get to interact with your community and you spend your whole life trying to make things better is, is, was pretty inspiring to see, even though when I was a kid, uh, it looked really hard and I, I didn't think that that was the way I wanted to go. But I'm really glad that I ended up here because, you know, this sounds really corny to say, but I mean it, that you know, I always wanted a job where I was making the world a better place. Hmm. And I feel like public health is such a great way to do that because I literally get paid every single day to try to make Manitobans healthier and happier. And it just seems kind of uh, surreal that somebody would pay me to do such like wonderful work. I can't uh, imagine like how busy you are right now. So you, you know, you want to do this job that makes a difference, but I'm sure there's a lot of stress going on in your life and behind the scenes. How have you handled that the past 15 months? Yeah. I mean, my job has never been busier than it is right now, but uh, it's hard to complain about that when you see what's going on in the community with, you know, so many people have lost their jobs, lost their income, have gotten sick or have lost loved ones. 
that, you know, I'm far from complaining about being too busy at work. That seems like such a small issue compared to what other people are facing with this pandemic. So, yeah, I mean, I, I certainly am trying to find a few ways here and there to, to balance out uh, the work with anything else. But I'm definitely not complaining about having this much work when I see, you know, what some other people are going through. Uh, back when the pandemic started, you were doing those little YouTube videos, COVID chats, I think you called them. I noticed a piano in the background. Do you play piano? I do play piano, although I haven't had a lot of time to do that <laughs> recently. So uh, it's been getting a bit of dust on it. I think I need to to dust it off and, and maybe use that as well, especially now that uh, the public health restrictions have gotten stricter again. Right. Uh, that's probably a great way for me to spend some free time instead of uh, on Netflix. So um, with your job heading up the vaccine task force, uh, the last few months, we've gotten to know the phrase vaccine hesitancy really well. And I think like I can understand that, like I'm not a person against vaccines. I was vaccinated as a kid. When I had kids, we got our kids vaccinated. I think what a lot of people maybe are experiencing is it's so new, right? And it came out so fast, the vaccines, and they're just worried that we don't know a lot about long-term effects yet and things like that is what I'm hearing from a lot of people, I think. So yeah, what do we know about these vaccines and and how do you know that they're safe in the long-term? Yeah, those are great questions. And I know that people are asking these questions because they, they care about their health, they care about their families, their loved ones. Uh, and so, yeah, I don't, I don't like the term vaccine hesitancy because I think it really is people who are asking questions because they want what's best for their families. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, we have great data. So this, this has all happened very quickly as far as the time on the, the calendar, but it hasn't happened with less attention than any other vaccine. In fact, there's way more attention uh, to what we're doing than any other vaccine because the whole world is doing this at the same time. So normally, you know, different companies are developing many different things at the same time, different medications, different vaccines, different treatments. But instead, everybody in the world just took all their resources and focused it on one vaccine. So that really helped them go a lot faster than usual. And they were able to use the the messenger RNA, the mRNA technology that they started developing back in the SARS days uh, and had been working on since then. So they were really able to take advantage of, you know, a, a decade of research uh, and build very quickly from there to respond to this virus. So that also helped them go a lot faster. And then even in the approvals process, they didn't skip any steps. But again, because everybody at Health Canada was focused in on one thing, they were able to do it a lot faster because there was nothing else taking up their time and all of their resources went towards paying attention to this. So it does feel new and that makes it feel scary Um, but I want to reassure people that we didn't skip any steps. We made them go through every single trial and study uh, and show the same results that they had to for any other vaccine that we've used. And we have long-term data from other vaccines showing how beneficial they are to society. Yeah, I'm not, I don't have much of a mind when it comes to science. I, I have arts degrees and theology degrees, right? But one of the, my understanding is something you said there is there has been a lot of res- research over the last decade based off s- different SARS variants, which COVID kind of is, I guess. So yeah, it's not necessarily all brand new vaccines then. 
Yeah, the mRNA technology, this is the first time we've used it in, in an event like this, but it's not a new technology. Um, so you know, when we had SARS uh, back in the day, uh, which you're right, this, this current COVID is a type of SARS. So when we had the first type of SARS, that's when they really started to put more effort into this technology. Uh, so it's not brand new for, for science to be working with mRNA but it is new in this size of a rollout. And so it's new in the minds of most people because they weren't paying attention and nor should they have been paying attention to what the researchers have been doing for the last 10 years. So, you know, now when all of us are, are paying very close attention, it feels very new, even though the scientists are, are telling us that they've been working on this for a long time. Um, how, how long have you been like a doctor focused on vaccines do you have like years of, of studying vaccines specifically or well i guess there's a few answers to that um the first is that you know all of us in medicine get trained in uh vaccine and in immunology so how the immune system works um in our medical training so you know i i graduated from medical school in 2008 so would have had my first training in the four years before that so from 2004 to eight um, but then after that, in my uh, five years that I spent doing public health training uh, is where I got a lot of the additional um, expertise on vaccines specifically, because that's really part of the bread and butter of a public health doctor's work. Uh, we spend a lot of time learning about how vaccines work, how the body responds, you know, what are the risks, what are the benefits, how long do, do, does the protection last, how do the different vaccines work. Uh, so we do a lot of training in that. Uh, and then, of course, as I've been working um, as a medical officer of health since 2012, um, got a, many chances to, to be part of the development and rollout of different vaccine campaigns throughout my time. Because like I said, that's really a, um, just a core part of what we do as public health doctors. Can you explain to me, like I'm five, how, let's say, the Pfizer vaccine works? I would love to. Okay, it, good. It's such an interesting, uh, this is where, you know, I start to sound really nerdy because it's so <laughs> interesting how it works. Um, so normally when a virus enters your body, your immune system sees the proteins on the outside of that virus and recognizes that they're foreign, that they don't belong, and starts to assemble an army of antibodies. So these antibodies are the way that your body can then respond in the future and will quickly recognize if that same protein on that same virus shows up and can attack it right away with this army. And so if you ever were to get faced with the same virus, your body is ready and recognizes it and can neutralize it very quickly. And most vaccines work by taking either um, a weakened form of a virus or a dead form of that virus, or even chopping it up and just using parts of it or just the protein from that virus and then introducing that into your body. And then the same thing happens. So that chopped up virus gets entered into your body and your body still sees that protein and goes, that doesn't belong here and builds up that army. What mRNA does <clears throat> is really interesting because there's no virus actually in the vaccine. Instead, it's got sort of like a, a recipe card in it. And that recipe card goes into your cells and tell them how to make that protein. So that foreign protein that the virus has, your cell can temporarily create a little factory to produce that protein. And then your body still thinks that it's the virus and still responds 
with building that army of antibodies. And then your body just breaks down the recipe card, gets rid of it, stops making the protein, that all goes away, but the army is still ready. So if the virus ever shows up for real, it can quickly recognize it and quickly neutralize it. That's pretty wild that we can figure that out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can't do it. Uh, so I'm so thankful that we have so many scientists that have spent so much of their life developing uh, so many vaccines, but this one particularly. I guess like a lot of people I've heard say like we should just let our bodies naturally build up these antibodies. Why, why can't we just do that then without vaccines? Well, we certainly can. Uh, and many people have. Um, and many people don't get very sick uh, and develop uh, at least temporarily some uh, immunity against future virus from getting the infection. But we've also seen that a lot of people have ended up in the hospital, in the ICU, and you know, many people in Manitoba have died. And, and so there's, there are two ways to get immunized. You can get immunized by getting a vaccine, or you can get immunized by facing the real virus. But the, the, if we choose to face the real virus, a lot more Manitobans are going to die. A lot more Manitobans are going to end up in the hospital. And that's where I want to prevent that. I want to use a much, much safer way to get to that endpoint of being immune. What are you most looking forward to when this pandemic's over? Oh, I think just seeing my family and friends, yeah. you know, and playing sports. I got to say, I'm really looking forward to sports again. Oh, nice. What kind um, of sports do you like? Yeah, you know, my favorite would be beach volleyball. Uh, so, you know, fingers crossed that if we can get a whole bunch of vaccines in in the next month or two, maybe we'll even get a season this summer a little bit. But uh, I have no idea. So and I think I think Manitobans feel the same way. They just want to get out and see people and enjoy the summer. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people tell me that, you know, they, they don't think they're that high risk. They're not going to get that sick. And so with that in mind, then I say, well, like protect the people around you because your grandma is going to get really sick potentially. And if none of us are protected, we're not going to get to play soccer this summer or hockey this coming winter. And, and so there's benefits, even if people are at low risk of getting really sick, there's other benefits for all of us. And, uh, you know, what a great way to show that you care about your community in getting a vaccine, even if you're not at high risk, because you care about everybody else in your community. Uh, last question, a dumb one. What is, uh, what's it like behind the scenes before the press conferences? Do you get like a green room with snacks and stuff like that? Oh, I should tell them to bring snacks. What a great <laughs> idea. So first off, there's never any dumb questions because as soon as somebody asks a question that seems dumb, it means that we haven't communicated a clear answer uh, in the past. So that's always helpful. But uh, no, behind the scenes, we meet ahead of time uh, in the half hour before the press conference. Usually it's myself, Johanna, and some of the communications folks uh, and just talk through and make sure that we're on the same page about what we want Manitobans to know. Um, so the, all week we're doing lots of planning and discussion about it, but yeah, right beforehand, we just sit down and we go through who's going to say what and, and how are we going to address some of the, the trickier questions? And then, and then out you go, because as much as you can plan, you really never know what questions are going to come up. Do you think Dr. Rusin was trying to tie a tie Friday and ran out of time? Or is that his new fashion choice? We can't say. <laughs> I, you know, I wasn't there. Um, so I would guess that he didn't have a tie and uh, that he got uh, brought into a press conference without the ability to go home and get one. But uh, that's the first time I'd seen him in public without, uh, or in a professional setting without a tie as well. So we'll see if the pop collar becomes his new, uh, 
his new Friday go-to. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Reimer. Uh, Dr. Reimer has agreed to come on again. So if you do have questions, we're happy to ask those. Uh, You can email us, dj at chvnradio.com.